What is up, ladies and gentlemen? It is Monday night, which means I've got a MBR coming to you. Nothing but rants to show where I bring you topics that I'm rather passionate about and I pontificate upon them. These are not hot takes, but rather takes that I'm hot about. All right. So, um, guys, let's let's hold off just for a little bit. And I know we're starting off hot here. Let's hold off just for a little bit on this Florida recruiting slander. Okay, now follow me here. I know. Most of my following is a, you know, a Georgia fan, right? If you're watching tonight, odds are you're a Georgia fan. And I understand that as a Georgia fan, it's nice and it's fun to make fun of Florida fans, right? They're your big enemy. They're, they're your biggest rival. There's not even a question about it. I mean, I wouldn't even consider Georgia Tech a rival. By far, they're a little brother at this point. They're not a rival. So Florida is who you send all of your angst and anger towards. Now, however, I understand that as a Georgia fan, it's probably fun to sit there and talk about the 50th overall recruiting class and to make fun of Billy Napier and the Florida Gators for where they are in recruiting, especially considering where Georgia is right now um, in terms of recruiting. Um, but let's just hold off on the Napier slander and making fun of Florida because here's the deal. I understand it is hysterical that Florida is 50th overall in recruiting um, and, and the seeing the list of them behind Vandy is beyond astonishing. It's, it's more than that. Um, it's beyond funny. It's more than that. It's Florida. I never would have thought no matter what was going on down there, no matter who the offense or the head coach was, no matter what, you, it was impossible to recruit that poorly at Florida. However, this says far more about the previous regime than it ever even would the new regime, right? They got in there the last couple of weeks, and I understand that common sense knowledge um, is not something that most fans talk about or discuss, but I want to put you guys on notice as Georgia fans. Understand something. That the Shamar James stuff, the you sneaking in there and almost pulling it off, that stuff was real. You went heavy after Shamar James. It was late in the cycle, albeit, but you went heavy after Shamar James. And they pulled him back in. They reeled him back in at that coaching staff. You got to give him credits where credit is due right there on that part. Kamari Wilson, on the other hand, guys, Kamari Wilson was talked about as a Georgia Bulldog from midsummer on. I mean, Georgia felt as confident and as comfortable about Kamari Wilson as any other non-committed, gonna-take-it-to-signing-day recruit that there was. More than all of them. Far more than Marvin Jones early on in the cycle. Another guy that went late down to the wire. Far more than any of these guys. Felt far more confident about Kamari Wilson than the rest of them. He ends up at Florida because of Corey Raymond and because of Billy Napier. I'm not here to be an alarmist. I'm just here to tell you that the, the spidey senses are tingling and Florida's here to play ball when it comes to recruiting. No longer are the days where you can go into Florida territory and not have to worry about a Gator showing up and recruiting those football players. Those are no longer, okay? The investment in Corey Raymond, giving that guy an assistant head coaching gig and giving him that title and pulling him away from LSU means Florida, from now on, as long as Corey Raymond is there, has a shot at defensive backs. And that right there, I'm not saying it should scare you if you're a University of Georgia fan, but it should put you on alert. No longer is Florida little brother. That is the biggest sleeping giant in college football, in my opinion, as it was sitting in terms of recruiting under Dan Mullen. Now they got a guy that gives a crap about recruiting, and that's kind of important. You know what I mean? It's kind of important. All right, so the opening rant is done. That opening rant is brought to you by Cola Kicks, the keynote sponsor tonight. Kella, uh, Cola Kicks 706, sorry. It's been a long day. We've produced a lot of content over here today. Um, had a film study as well this morning. Full hour on Patreon, about 15 to 17 minutes over here on YouTube. So if you haven't checked that out, feel free to do so. 
Uh, been a long day, so a little bit tongue-tied over here, so please forgive me. Rudes makes a great comment here to something that, as a businessman and as a YouTube personality, if you will, I guess I'm horrible about. Um, I do not do a good enough job of incentivizing you guys to hit that thumbs-up button, so please do so if you don't mind right now. Uh, if you're watching us over on uh, Facebook or wherever you're watching us, on, on Twitter as well, however you can engage with the show, please feel free to do so. That's how you show the support to the program. Appreciate you guys for being here. As usual, we've got a loaded NBR show for you guys tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about, to me, how I don't think Kirby Smart, and I know everyone wants to say it, but I don't think Kirby Smart has a quote-unquote quarterback development issue. I don't think he does because I'm going to be honest with you. I think everybody in college football has a quarterback development issue, and I will explain that as the night goes on. We'll probably open with that on tonight's show. I don't think he's got a uh, a, a uh, development problem. I think he's got a selection problem um, or what appears to be a selection problem on the surface, and we'll talk a lot more about that here in just a little bit. I'll tell you why Lane Kiffin's out here fooling all you jokers that are going out here getting on the lane train. Um, with regards to his latest statements around the nature of college football, all you old heads that are out there right now saying, Dadgum, I never thought I would have liked Lane Kiffin. He's out here saying the NIL's Fugazi. Can you believe it? He's mad. He's upset. You're wrong. I'm telling you. He's fooling you. I'll talk to you about it um, on tonight's show. I'll tell you also what history says about Kirby Smart and the decision when it comes to the new defensive coordinator, right? It's kind of got a track record on these things. We'll kind of walk through the history of that and the history of coaching in general. And to close tonight's show, I will tell you um, what the title note of or, or the title of tonight's show is. I think personally, myself included, I want to get that on the record because I know some people will be like, oh, there goes Brooks doing the thing again, blaming everybody else. No, I'm blaming myself here as well. I'm going to take a little bit of credit or a little bit of, uh, yeah, credit for the situation or the quote-unquote turmoil, as I titled it in the uh, title of the show, uh, turmoil in the fan base, okay? I do believe the Georgia football media played a role in this quarterback narrative, and I'll explain it to you as the night goes on. Appreciate you guys for being here. Already told you, hit that thumbs up, man. We appreciate you guys. Uh, and if you miss any portion of tonight's broadcast, it will be made available over on our uh, podcast network. That's at or the Film Guy Network, rather, wherever, however you catch your podcast. Appreciate you guys for listening. All right, so let's get right into this first topic of the night. And it's about how, again, I don't think there is a development issue when it comes to Kirby Smart and quarterbacks, okay? I don't think that's the case, and here's why. Guys, there's no development of a backup quarterback in college football, zero. Okay, unless you got some absolute baller like the dude from Utah State that just walked in and threw a 78-yard bomb to start the football game in his first snap. Okay, most backups are ill-prepared. You know why? Because it's not reasonable to expect me to be able to give equal amount of reps, equal amount of development, equal amount of game planning for every athlete. At the quarterback position, it's impossible. Ideally, in a tight football game, you're only going to play one of them anyways. So what are you going to do? You're only really going to prepare one of them anyways. You're going to give 80% of your snaps to your starter, maybe even 85, depending on how young or old the guy is, right? Might give him 85% of the snaps, and you're going to give 10 to 15% of your snaps to your backup. That's how college football works. That's how the, the, the rep share works. That's how the rep spread works. So there is no development. I'm here to tell you, if you're not on the field, you're not getting developed. It's why these kids claim up and down, up and down, up and down as they hit the transfer portal that they want to get on the field. Well, no, duh. It's the only way to get developed. So there is no development problem, or at least no problem that stands out more at Georgia than anywhere else in college football. Because again, I'm here to tell you, ain't nobody getting developed. 
Zero. Because if I go down and play scout team quarterback, guess what? Nobody's hitting me. I get to run around. I know the play. I know what the defense is doing. It's shown to me on a picture card, and I tear it up. I've done segments on this over and over again. There is no development as a backup quarterback. That's the nature of the sport. That's the NFL. That's college football. That's your local high school program. Okay, That's why JV is important for sophomore backup quarterbacks that ain't playing varsity. Okay, It's the only way you're going to get on the field. So it's not a development issue. So what is it? Right. What is it when I bring you stats that say over the last five years since Kirby Smart's been the head coach, not starting a regime, but since the program's been his. When I bring you stats that say Georgia quarterbacks are averaging twenty five hundred yards and Ohio State, Oklahoma and Clemson and Alabama's quarterbacks are averaging four thousand yards a season, a delta of fifteen hundred yards. And those quarterbacks are throwing for 40 touchdowns plus a year. And those quarterbacks have 68% completion percentage. And Georgia's quarterbacks are sitting at 25 touchdowns per season and about 63% completion percentage. So what's happening? If it's not a development issue, and it's damn sure not a selection issue from the high school level, right? They're all recruiting on the same level. Either they're selecting the wrong ones out of high school to come play for their program, or they're selecting the wrong ones once they get there. And follow me on this one. All you guys that tell me, oh, well, you can't make such and such decision because such and such quarterback's going to leave. Or, oh, the best quarterback left. Or, oh, this quarterback here, this quarterback here. Let me wake you up on something when it comes to college football. All these quarterbacks are leaving. Every program you mentioned, every program that we just got to talk about has had quarterbacks leave their program. Clemson, Kelly Bryant, gone. Okay, Alabama, Jalen Hurts, gone. Okay, Ohio State, Joe Burrow, Tate Martell, gone. Oklahoma, Tate Rattler, or uh, Spencer Rattler, gone, right? All these teams have quarterback turnover, but yet they're statistically producing at a rate in which they're supposed to. Or that college football says to win a national title, you have to. And then you scratch your head and you say, well, wait a minute. Georgia's got an offensive coordinator that's supposed to be one of these air raid guys. I mean, Brandon Whedon in 2012 threw for 4,200 yards. What's going on? Well, I'm, I'm here to tell you that if it's not a development problem, it's not an OC problem, then it must be a selection problem. You're either picking the wrong ones out of high school or once they get into your campus and you watch them through practice, you're picking the wrong one there. It, it has to be one of the two, right? It has to be one of the two. The selection is the issue, not the development of the quarterback, okay? Everyone else seems to be selecting the right guys, right? When Jayla Hurts leaves Alabama because he's not getting playing time, two attack of Aloha damn near wins a Heisman Trophy. And then Mac Jones turns around and does, or almost wins one, and Devontae Smith does, right? When Spencer Rattler gets pulled for Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams damn near goes and wins a Big 12 championship, right? So these other programs seem to at least be selecting the proper quarterbacks. It has nothing, it's very little to do about development of the proper quarterbacks, right? You get on the field, you're going to develop. Reps lead to development, in my opinion. All right, let's talk a little bit about Lane Kiffin. I know quarterbacks are the hot topic in Georgia fan base. That's why if you guys pay attention here on this platform, we hit on something around the sorts almost every day. Twice today, we've hit it. Because you guys want to talk about it. And if you guys want to talk about it, it coincides with what I want to talk about. Because I want to be entertaining to you guys. I want a product that you guys will be able to accept. So, um Guys, I, I think at this point, man, when it comes to whatever's going on in your quarterback position, I think he has earned the right in terms of your head coach to, A, have the benefit of the doubt, believe it or not, because I think there's only been one incorrect decision, and that's Justin Fields, and that's me 
on the outside looking in. That's the other point I want to make about this. It is valuable when I tell you that you need to trust your head coach. It is. It is valuable when I tell you you need to trust the people inside that building that are most directly involved with making the decision because of one reason and one reason only. They're the only collective that has the entirety of the picture, has all of the information, okay? Not some message board rumor that you heard, not some, uh, you know, private healthcare specialists, not some cockamamie theory about, uh, you know, COVID or maybe sick or, or, you know, maybe whatever, whatever your theories are. Okay. There's only one, you know, collective of people that know the entirety of the story and it's the people making the decisions. So I personally like to give them a benefit of the doubt. And it's going to extend into our conversation that we close with tonight. I think the media has played a role in what it is that has driven this narrative and the reason there's so much turmoil around this discussion okay we'll talk about it as we close tonight's show but let's talk about lane kiffin okay lane kiffin came out this week and he did the thing where he comes out and he's like i've had players basically look at me and say coach how much can you give me so and so programs offer me such and such money coach what can you do for me it's legal free agency right i think that's what he said it's free agency in college football that's where we've come to right that's what he said and a lot of people took that as, oh, my God, Lane Kiffin of all people? Lane Kiffin's anti-NIL? Lane Kiffin's out here bashing on, on the current state of college football? And it couldn't be further from the truth. That wasn't a, oh, my God, can you believe where we are in this sport? That was a, hey, boosters, can you believe where we are in the sport? Hey, boosters, the ones that paid for Larry Tunsil, the ones that paid for Robert Nkimdichie, the ones that paid for Laquan Treadwell, allegedly, Okay. The ones that had a, a, a head coach that was maybe, you know, buying some escort services. Okay. That one, th those boosters, that's Lane Kiffin's way of saying, hey, hey, guys, they're paying them now and we're not going to get caught. So I'm going to need y'all to pony the up. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to need y'all to show up with the bread and come on because everybody else is. I'm going to need y'all to come now and help me. Help me. You follow me? That's all that was. That ain't no, my God, can't believe college football. That was a, hey, boosters, can you believe college football? Like, right? Hey, now they're going to let us do it, right? Now Laramie Tunsil's stepdad doesn't have to steal his phone and send out pictures to the internet of him smoking a gas mask and demanding more money from the coaching staff. We don't have to do that no more. Now we can just give it to him and say, uh, you know, he showed up for a couple events at the local restaurant. That's all we got to do now. It's legal. So come on, help me. Help me. That's all that was. It got nothing to do with preserving the nature and the purity of college football. Nah, Lane Kiffin, just like the rest of us. Lane Kiffin is just like the rest of us. He is ready to capitalize monetarily on anything he can. And if that means the kids getting bread for him to get bread, by God, everybody getting bread because we're going to eat. Lane Kiffin ain't going nowhere without eating. I'm telling you that right now. And Lane Kiffin also ain't going nowhere where chicanery is happening and not being involved, okay? That ain't how he rolls. His name is Lane Kiffin, okay? His daddy is Monty Kiffin. Let's let's make sure we know who we're talking about here. Lane Kiffin was not out here doing the, oh, oh, my God, I'm so scared for Dick. He wasn't doing the Dabo Sweeney, okay? He was doing the Lane Kiffin. He was doing the Lane Kiffin. He just attached an email to everybody in the boosters department. Come bring me money. That's it. That's all he did. This was far from a, 
uh, when pairs get played, I'm leaving the sport because that's not what college football is all about, Dabo Sweeney. That ain't what this was about, okay? This is about a call to action, not a call to correction active or corrective action, rather. Um, but no, there is a – tonight's probably going to be a pretty quick show. We're 16 minutes in. We might fire off some Q&A at the end, but guys, I, can, can I be honest? I'm gonna be, You know what? We're going to switch camera angles because I feel like this one's just a little bit more personal. So I'm going to be honest with you for a second, guys. As, as my audience, the audience that I love and appreciate, um, and the ones that takes care of my family here, um, and is my family. Guys, last week, and, and basically the whole entire month of December, because you had the uh, SEC Championship game, and then you had early National Signing Day, which if you watch what we were doing, we put out 30 articles on National Signing Day, and I did a five-hour broadcast, or what took five hours, and I did two hours of radio the night before. I ain't complaining, guys, but I feel as if I'm, I have been sleepwalking through this life for the last 20 days. It's been brutal. So if the content's been lacking, I know it's not been lacking. There's been plenty of it. But if the quality on the quantity of content has been lacking, don't, don't forgive me. Hold me accountable, okay? Hold me accountable. All right, let's get into We got two more segments tonight. We are rolling. I'm telling you, we are absolutely rolling. And uh, there is an NFL game on tonight, but, you know, we're college football fans around here, right? At least that's what I think you guys are. So let's talk some more college football. Now, there is an opening at the University of Georgia, right? We all know that. Defense coordinator, okay? Um, two extremely highly qualified individuals up for set award and will be co-DCing, even though the current DC is staying on the staff until the boat. I don't know. It's a mess. Um, will Muschamp, Dan Lanning, right? Or Will Muschamp, rather, Glenn Schumann. Now, I went through two head coaches, five offensive line coaches, and three OCs in college in five years. Now, if, if that tells you anything, it tells you that the college football program I played for was abhorrent. And yes, that is beside the point. But nonetheless, but I tell you to tell you, I tell you that to tell you this. I know what coaching change looks like. I know what turnover looks like. And I know what the process generally goes uh, or how the process genuinely goes around this topic of discussion when it comes to hiring new coaches. There's one or two methods, right? A, a couple of methods, but two of the most prominent methods. There's the coach that goes out and hires one of his best friends or a guy that he worked with at a previous regime, has a continuity with and, and coincides with, knows he can work well together because nothing worse than a workplace where you don't really like the guy you're working with or the gal that you work with. So that's the number one method. They go out, hire a buddy, hire a friend, do something, right? And the other method is hire a guy that gave them problems or hire a guy that they admired on tape. So, you know, in, in years past, this might be a guy like Jamila Dye, okay, o up there at Georgia, defensive backs coach. I promise you that in somewhere in their, you know, bowl game prep for Texas or Cincy or whoever it was, Kirby Smart probably ran across something that Jamila Dye's defense was doing or defensive backfield was doing and was like, I'm, I'm tipping that off. I'm going to store that one in the memory bank, and we're going to come back and get that guy when we need him. Okay, so it's one of two methods. Hire a buddy, hire somebody that gave you problems, hire somebody that comes highly uh, regarded, right, around the coaching circles that you appreciate. It's why these coaching trees kind of stay uh, within each other, right? Shanahan's guys leave, they go steal a bunch of Shanahan's guys, right? McVay's guys leave, they go steal a bunch of McVay's guys, right? And then McVay and Shanahan just create new assistants, and they get picked off, and it's just a cycle, right? So everybody kind of just stays within. That's why the barrier and entry to this sport in terms of this profession uh, of coaching is really, really hard. So 
I tell you that, again, to tell you this, that Kirby's kind of shown a history of doing a little bit of both, where he hires his buddies, but he also hires a guy that comes well-regarded and highly respected. Okay, let me, let me walk you through a couple of these examples, right? Scott Cochran, that's a buddy. That was his best friend when he was out there at Alabama, in Tuscaloosa for years. Scott Cochran was his guy. Very high-energy dudes, always yelling, crazy, crazy, crazy people, right? Best friends. Brings them on, right? Will Muschamp, prime example, known him his whole life, basically. Been best friends since college. Brings them on. Uh, I ain't trying to break news here, but there's a B.O.B.O. coming to the roster that I would imagine comes with a head or a offensive coordinator, former head coach, right? Um, probably going to be an analyst. I'm talking about Bobo Bobo, right? Okay, so he's got this history of finding guys that he either has been friends with or a guy like Todd Munkin that comes extremely highly regarded. A guy like Matt Luke comes extremely highly regarded at the running back position, right? A guy like Dale McGee down there at Georgia Southern. Got to snap him up, right? Got to snag him up. Uh, same thing with um, Cortez Hankton, right? I believe he was at Vanderbilt prior to coming to Georgia. So he's pulling, right? Pulling, 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 pulling. So he does it both ways. So when it comes to the discussion of who should I pick, Dan Lanning or Will Muschamp, to be my defensive coordinator in, in, in the coming months, because that is a decision that I would imagine has to be made. Um, can't just co-DC him. Maybe they're well willing to do that. I would start with maybe proposing that. Um, but in a couple months, you got to make this decision. And I don't know what he's going to do. Okay, I would think he probably leans toward Muschamp. Um, maybe he can convince Schumann to stick around as an assistant defense coordinator and give him a massive raise. I think that's where they might settle if both of them come on. But here's what I would tell you. From everything I've heard, Glenn Schumann is like this translator, okay? You ever see the translators? When, when Ronald Acuna first got to the Braves, right? He's done an incredible job learning the second language. It's something that I don't think gets admired enough in sports beside the point. Always has a translator with him, right? That, to me, is who Glenn Schumann is for this defense. Now, Glenn Schumann ain't never going to do something like this, okay? He ain't never going to get on camera and stand here for an hour and run his, you know, pie hole. It, it ain't who he is. It ain't how he cut. Okay, he's going to go study film for 12 hours, come out of his hole, and then go call a few recruits and go to bed. That's what he does, okay? So he ain't the most outgoing, personal, interviewable type of individual. He's very secluded. However, he is the translator for this defense. It is very, very complicated. I've heard people inside that building tell me that Georgia does more complicated things defensively than 85% of the NFL. Basically, everybody but Belichick and some of the elite, elite defense coordinators. Okay, It is very, very complicated, which means you've got to be able to you know, teach it to 18- and 19-year-old kids who probably come from uh, you know, programs, even the best programs in the state of Georgia that I go see. They are very, very simplistic in scheme and concept, which means when you get to college, it's just, ah! Like your head just explodes. You can't figure it out, right? Schumann is the one that can translate all that, break it down, give it to them in a very digestible method and implement that system into their head so they don't blow assignments. They don't miss calls. They don't do these things, right? They're always in the correct spot. That's extremely valuable. That's really, really valuable. But on the other hand, so is a defensive coordinator that can recruit every position at an elite level. He can. Will Muschamp's an elite, elite recruiter. He is an elite, elite defensive mind, okay? He will get you in the right spots. The reason that they've kind of boiled it down just a little bit probably has a little bit to do with Will Muschamp defensively, okay? He comes in, brings a fresh new mind to the program, and 
you know what? I don't think there is a wrong decision, but I'm telling you that Glenn Schumann, probably the one you don't want to leave. And it's not one that's going to leave and you're, you're going to be upset because he turns into the next Sam Pittman. He's a great head coach. I don't see that being in Schumann's future, but I do see Schumann walking around college football, being one of the best defensive coordinators in the sport for 20 years. That's pretty daggum valuable. And if you are right to that guy, which by all accounts, Kirby Smart has been for almost a decade at this point. If you are right to that guy, if he never has aspirations to become a head coach, which I'm not saying he doesn't, but if he doesn't, which the profile, if I'm going to be a criminal minds agent, tells me that it doesn't, um, it would probably be good to be right by that guy so he never leaves. If he's going to be one of the best defensive coordinators in the sport, and if you think he never wants to become a head coach, have that conversation with him, hire that joker, and let everybody else come and go. Everybody else come and go. Because greatness that is loyal is impossible to find in the college sporting or college coaching game. Okay. Any coaching game. It's impossible. Somebody's great, you don't keep them. You don't. Either you give them a higher stake, promote them, or they leave. That's it. That's it. That's in every line of work, honestly. So um, yeah, let's get into our last segment, which I know you guys thought might be a little clickbaity. Right? That was all I've been told. It was a little clickbaity. That's what the Discord called it um old colonel sanders on discord over there said it's and i quote the perfect amount of clickbaity which is nice and here, here's the deal it would be clickbaity if i wasn't involved in the people that i'm about to absolutely crap on you ready even though i'm not really to be honest with you i, I let's, let's get it out of the way i was right in the sense that i told you when jt daniels transferred to the university of georgia that he's not the second coming of god okay he's not He's not the second coming of God at the quarterback position. I said it over and over again. I pointed out flaw after flaw after flaw, careless with the football, mechanics are inconsistent, deep ball inaccurate, touch and go, overthrow, underthrow, rarely a perfect throw, intermediate, excellent, athleticism, eh, right, eh. I said all these things and George Van's like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, my God, we're talking about an 18-year-old at USC. I tried to tell you that he's not one of these dudes. Okay, not one of the Trevor Lawrence's, um, the, you know, Baker Mayfield's, the Kyler Murray's. Okay, not one of these dudes. He was recruited like that. Not one of these dudes. That's what I told you when they first came in. Everybody crapped on me. Can't believe you would talk about the Gatorade player of the year like this. Can you believe all the bad stuff he had out there at USC? I was just trying to be realistic about what I saw on tape and the athletic profile that was presented. I presented that evidence. Everyone crapped on me. He went through for 400 yards against Mississippi State because they blitzed the ever-loving house for four quarters, and the timeline went crazy. Brooks doesn't know what he's talking about. Saw other media members in the Georgia space talking about, I stick to what I know, right? I stick to what I know. Well, what I know is film, and what I know is football. And JT Daniels is a really, 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 really good quarterback. So is Stetson Bennett. Follow me here, okay? Follow me right here. Every outlet this offseason – including Dogs Daily, which is the one I run, by the way. Um, every single outlet told you that JT Daniels was on the verge of winning a Heisman. JT Daniels is going to throw for 4,000 yards in this Todd Munkin offense. JT Daniels, JT Daniels, JT Daniels. All off season. Sold you on it. Your heart and minds were made up on 18, carrying you to a national title and a college football playoff appearance and throwing for 4,000 yards. Lord knows I expected it to happen. You can find tweets of my Twitter account telling you that it was going to happen. We failed you. I, I'm going to take I'm going to take responsibility here for telling you that as a media, 
we drove this narrative way too far. Okay. JT Daniels, really good college quarterback. But guys, even before this year, even with the, the Heisman hype, go find me a bona fide NFL draft analyst that's out here talking about uh, JT Daniels in the top 40 picks. Was talking about in the top five, six discussion of quarterbacks in the NFL draft. They weren't, and they still aren't. And guess what? They probably never will. He is a 60 to 90 quarterback, or, or 60 to 90 draft range, in my opinion. Barring some type of magical Heisman Trophy season where everybody fall in loves, falls in love with him, and suddenly he becomes this mythical athlete that the NFL now covets at the position. Okay? But he's not any of those things. He's just a really, really good quarterback. Just a really, really good quarterback, which I showed you, I think, this morning on film. So is Stetson Bennett. Some of those things, guys, that y'all think are Charlie Checkdown, some of those things that y'all think are just, oh, what's mediocre quarterback play? Can't beat Bama with average quarterback play. We need great quarterback play. We need 500 yards. We need, blah, 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 blah. We need all that. That's great. It's great. I remember watching a JT Daniels last year that didn't hit layups. I do. I can show you. I got clips of him versus Cincy taking too many shots downfield, not hitting the correct reads coming across the field. Darnell Washington running down the middle of the field, wide open on truck sweep play action, missed, hit the check down into the flat to Kendall Milton for 18 yards in the Peach Bowl. I can show you these things. And then I can turn right around and I can show you your quote-unquote game manager quarterback executing those things and hitting the reads, right? Getting to the where, where the coordinator wants him to be. Those types of things are valuable. And all I'm telling you is that if the media, myself included, would have came out here and said, yeah, JT Daniels, really good quarterback, really good quarterback, ain't one of these dudes that y'all think he is in terms of we need a, a Joe Burrow-like performance to beat Alabama. I'm, I'm here to tell you nobody on your roster right now, currently as it sits, is Joe Burrow. Nobody on your roster right now is Bryce Young. I had a YouTube commenter today tell me that Georgia needs a first-round caliber quarterback to beat Alabama, and Stetson Bennett isn't it. Who is? Who is? Who, who on your roster right now is going to be a first-round draft pick at the quarterback position? We don't know. It's all projections, okay? I can tell you right now, it ain't JT Daniels. It ain't physically. Not it. Not it right now. Not it, okay? Um who knows? I just I I've I find issues in the oh the former five star is still the better quarterback four years down the road when your head coach the guy that is the highest paid state official in the state he makes way too much money according you know pay the teachers all that good stuff save the whales he wait he makes a lot of money to make these decisions right. A lot of money to make these decisions. And guess what? He does, he makes these decisions with the entire picture. Whereas we got the, 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 the picture up here that's like, hey, I heard JT Daniels has got mono. Hey, I heard JT Daniels flew in his private uh, you know, doctor and got Kirby mad about that. Hey, I heard JT Daniels doesn't practice. Hey, I heard this. Hey, I heard that. Hey, I heard he was, you know, he he cussed out Kirby Smart and called him Kirby dumb at practice the other day. And this and this and this and this and this. That's all we know. It's just all this sprinkled information. Here's what I know. Here's the bona fide information that I've gotten. Stetson's been good at practice. JT Daniels went a stretch of the season where he was not prepared in the, or not prepared to play or not able to play during that stretch of the game. Guess what? Somebody won a job. Somebody won a job. 
And that kind of crap happens all the time. All the time. You think Warren Erickson's getting his job back at center next year? I'm here to tell you he ain't. When Tate Ratlitch comes back healthy, he better not. Cedric Van, Plans, Cedric Van Pran has played incredible this year. You think Warren Erickson's just going to slide back into center? Why? No, he ain't. Okay? So injuries happen in football. Availability is your best ability. It's, it's a cliche for a reason. It's 100% true. There was a portion of today's practice or today's or this year's season where JT Daniels was not able to practice. A job was won. End of story. Be happy with it. I'm happy with it. I'm happy I get to cover it because, good Lord, you guys, I know you guys will eat it up. All right. Um, told you it was going to be a little short tonight. We'll do Q&A. Not really feeling it. Let me, let me tell you something. Q&A, mailbag, all this stuff, you know what that is? I'm going to be 100% honest with you. That's people like me's excuse not to do work. If I come on here, I'm going to be honest with you. If I come on here and the title reads, live Q&A, come holler at your boy, I'm being lazy. I am. I don't want to work that day. If I go on Twitter and say, hey, mailbag questions, send them to me. I need a, I need a content. That's what I need. I need content. And you guys are giving it to me. And I'm too lazy to create it on my, my own. So if you see that, just know it's cop out. I'm just I'm putting your own game right quick. Um, all right. No Q&A. I'm not that lazy, but I'm too lazy to continue. So we're going to call it quits today. Hope you appreciate it. If you did, uh, we hang out like this pretty much all the time over on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. Um, hit that thumbs up button before you head out. See a lot of people here today. We appreciate you for being here. For Brooks Austin, for Film Guy, uh, for the Patreon Network, for SI.com forward slash college forward slash Brooks or forward slash Georgia. DogsDaily.com. I'll see you next time.